Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of Ag Credit Set It. I'm Brenna Finnegan, and I am here with Matt Adams, and we are here at the Ohio Cattlemen's Association main office in Marysville, Ohio. Nice to be here again with you, Brenna. Uh, Spring's in the air. Um, This uh, episode actually will drop about mid-May, so we're uh, doing this a little early here in April, but, uh, you know, on the way in, planters are starting to roll, equipment's starting to Starting to get out of the barns, it's uh, it's that time of year again. Yes, and of course, spring calving. Well, I'm wrapping up. I don't know about it, a whole lot of other people, but... Yeah, I, I, you know, the winter really wasn't as... You know, we had our had our cold weeks, but it was really kind of a mild winter. I think when you look at for, especially for our producers on yep. on the cabin side. I mean, on our operation at home, we're about we're about a good three quarters of the way through on on cabin, but yeah, I can't complain with uh, with the weather we've really really had this year, and nope, you know, uh, early April weather has been pretty nice. I'm I'm sure being in Northwest Ohio, the Ohio region, and all. We'll still have the uh, the fun up and down temperatures for weather. Yet, yes. So. Yep. Well, this week alone is a perfect example of that. So that's right. So so Brenna, why don't you lead us right into uh, who we're uh, talking to today, and uh, we'll get going. We are here with Elizabeth Harsh, uh, obviously with Ohio Cattlemen's Association. She is the executive director, and we want to thank her for joining us for the second time. So we've got a couple people that are part of the. Uh, the, the repeat club, the repeat or, club. Oh, yeah, that's what we're calling. You, know, you get it. so many times, we'll get you like a gold microphone or something for the next time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us. And well, welcome. We're glad to have you here at the office. Thank you. Uh, why don't you? Obviously, we've had you before, but go ahead and give a little bit of background about yourself and how you became a part of uh, Ohio Cattlemen's Association. Well, all right. Uh, that goes uh, on for a while. So uh, my family farms, we farm in northern Delaware County. Some days when planters are rolling, it feels a little close to Columbus with all the traffic pressure where we're at. So uh, we're thinking about spraying and corn and soybeans. And uh, of course, uh, I have a herd of registered cattle as well. Our kids were raised in the beef industry. Both went on to have careers in the industry, left us the cows to take care of. But our our biggest critics in terms of whether or not we're staying on target with that A proud alumni of Ohio State, met my husband there in animal science, and um, pleased to work on behalf of Ohio's beef industry. We've got a great team here, and uh, have worked with them in this role uh, since the early 90s. So it's been a while. Uh, We've got great leadership, great boards here. So here in Ohio, we are what's known as a two-hat state. So about half the states across the country are structured like we are. And not to get too far in the weeds, but what that means is it's really efficient for the industry that we've got one side of our staff that does the beef promotion, building demand, investing those checkoff dollars, those beef checkoff dollars. But there's a very big firewall in the middle. And then we've got the Cattlemen's Association that is purely membership-driven, that is about advocacy for the industry, really focusing on those business climate issues. So 
when we can have one roof and one copier and just make sure that we uh, are very legitimate in terms of how those dollars are used, really feel like that's the most effective. So um, proud to wake up every day thinking about what we can do to better Ohio's beef industry. Well, it probably helps with the communication between the two sector sides of it all and all that kind of stuff, right? Absolutely. We could go on and on about all the issues (laughs) facing the industry. There's always a consumer confidence demand component or could be as well as a policy regulatory side. Yes. So uh, with, you know, obviously talking about all that sort of stuff, why don't we dive into a little bit of Ohio Cattlemen's and a little bit update what's going on in Ohio's industry and some of the little hot topics that are being talked about right now. Oh, there's so much. You know, we, we start to wind down some of our programs, uh, even though May is beef month, you know, we're doing a lot on the checkoff side and we've got several promotions that are ongoing. But for the Cattlemen's Associations, obviously we'd be a little tone deaf if we're doing a lot of events when we know our folks are, you know, wrapping up calving or breeding, depending on your, your breeding and calving season. Uh, those that have crops are busy with that and first cutting hay. So not a lot of meetings per se. We are just wrapping up our youth program, so that happened with our best program, and then just getting ready for everything that's coming this summer. The other big thing is our responsibilities here at the state level is really focusing on agriculture's piece of the state operating budget. So that takes a lot of time. You know, in some respects, ag is such a small piece of that pie, that budget, But we could talk a lot, if you want, about some of those areas that are so very important to agriculture, extension, research, some of our facility needs at Ohio State, our Department of Agriculture, meat inspection. And now we have a great opportunity with a funding request for a new master plan at the Ohio Expo Center and State Fair. So those are just some of the things that we're focusing on. Yeah. Well, I just saw something uh, from Ohio Academies about the support for that. for the new project going on at the fairground. So I thought that was neat to see. And like, I mean, obviously the usage that occurs throughout the year at that, that, that location for the program, I think that's great to, you know, have everybody backing it as good as it is. Uh, um, and hopefully we'll have, you know, a new state of the art facility that just, you know, keeps promoting shines. our, our industry, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, you know, one, one topic, Elizabeth, I, th- I, I just really found interesting there. We're talking about state budget level, how, we may, the uh, agriculture side may be a smaller portion of that budget, but I really look at it as we are, we have to be one of the larger industries in the state that we touch so many people and they were so integrated and probably so many other sides. It really probably does affect a lot of the other aspects of that budget, even though technically we're probably a small portion of that. I, I feel that we probably reach to a lot of other sectors in that. Well, Matt, that's so well said. We are the state's number one industry if you really take into account also retail and processing and, you know, jobs creation. Um, you know, so many jobs are created through agriculture and through all those various sectors that are part of that. So that's right. And and that's why we need to uh, fight for every piece of that budget to make sure we're doing the things that we need to do to, to better Ohio agriculture. So one thing I want to touch base on, too, we look at the Ohio beef industry um, especially for the last 12 months. What have you guys seen at your level as far as when we start looking at the demand for our product, prices, supply chain, uh, just all the, all the fun aspects that go with that? Well, you know, let's start with the best news of all. You know, 
demand for U.S. beef is at an all-time high, both here at home and abroad. So that's terrific news and stuff that we can build on. And there's a significant part of that is directly the result of the beef checkoff work. So we're excited about that. You all see live cattle prices. We know what's going on there. Mm -hmm. You think about here at home in Ohio for the last 12 months, if we're looking backwards in addition to forward, you know, we've been very fortunate in terms of rainfall and the and the growing season that we had last year versus, you know, some of our cattle neighbors to the West. You know, we liquidated a lot of cows uh, in the West as a result of the drought last year. Yes. Certainly that's a contributing factor as we look at the supply of beef ultimately going forward. So that's a concern. But then you think about supply chain and some of those market disruptions. Thankfully, we're starting to see a lot of those fade. So we're really pleased about that. We're continuing to do what we can to help with uh, local packing facilities. You know, we were an advocate for some state funding for that that has been replenished a few times to expand those local harvest facilities here in the state. So consumers that want to purchase local or you want to have an added income for your farm in terms of selling directly to consumers, we want to make sure that option's available. So with the herd sizes really kind of shrinking with our drought situation, uh, across the country, do you guys see a kind of a deficit that we're going to have because of the uh, high demand and not enough cattle to come to market? Well, you know, I'm not an economist, but I, you know, we, we read like everyone else does and uh, try to stay uh, up to date on that, working with folks like Cattle Facts, marketing analysts for the industry and others. You know, when you just focus on demand, we see demand here at home, uh, it's just between 2014 and 2018, up over 14%. And then, and that's according to USDA. That's a big number. That's, that's not mm-hmm. a Elizabeth Harsh number. That's a USDA number. Yeah. And then you think about abroad, we're actually seeing an increase of 5.5% um, across for U.S. beef um, internationally. So, you know, that's a great thing. But when you start to think about consumption, we'll start to look at that probably dipping down just because of the supply issue that mm-hmm. you're talking about a little bit. Still great opportunities for consumers, but that's where some of that give and take comes in there just a little. Definitely. And I then, mean, you know, I, oh, go ahead. And, and, you know, we look at trying to build these herds back up, and we were talking earlier before our podcast, it's not a an overnight increase on our herd size to to bring in heifers, to raise these heifers, to produce for the feedlots. It's, it's a, it's a long process that I, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how our industry will progress, which, you know, I'm a grain farmer and I'm also a cattle producer. I always look at, you know, us as grain farmers, we are the most efficient producers in the world. I truly feel that way about the U S cattle industry too, that, you know, we're losing ground, losing pasture every year, but we are producing as much cattle, if not more cattle than we ever have. So it's being as efficient as we can, but I think it's, you know, there's going to be that lag time with building the herds up, but I think going forward, especially what I've seen just on, even on the local level, not even really, not the national level, but just local level is how much uh, people want to buy beef directly off the farm from, from the producer, which you know, they they want to know where their products come from. I, I attest a lot of that to the Ohio Cattlemen's for, you know, in our area and even the, the beef checkoff. It, it, 
what, what do you want to say? You're educating the consumer on what our where our products come from. I think it just think it's just a great thing for it yes has yes. significantly increased over the past. I mean, since. I hate to say the C word, but COVID since that, I mean, there's just been so much more. We, we, can, we can bleep that out, Brenna. So. Okay. It's like a bad word anymore, right? Uh, but uh, no, the promotion of it all and the buy local and all that kind of stuff. And you just mentioned something about increasing herds and um, the adver- advertisements that have been rec- or put out there to increase as far or to obtain um, replacement heifers or uh, recips even like, I'm not going to lie. I thought about kind of selling off the couple that I got, you know, just because like these people are wanting them because they, they Mm -hmm. need, they need to, you know, the babies produced in order to, you know, keep these uh, numbers up and obviously the income coming in. But uh, it's neat to see how much more of that. Well, I mean, it's in our face all the time, I think probably because we're in the industry too. But um, I mean, like you've, you've also mentioned before, like the, you know, the growth of it all and, you know, where it's going and, the expectations of, you know, what's going to happen, you know, and it's really neat to see in the backing um, that obviously Ohio Cattlemen's has for it. It just helps everybody here in the, in the, in the state with that, that process. Well, thank you. And certainly Ohio Cattlemen values our partnership with Ag Credit. You guys have been longtime members of our Allied Industry Council and sponsors at a lot of the things that we do. So thank you. And, you know, I think it's an important point to note here that Cattle numbers as a whole in Ohio have not changed, and beef cattle numbers are high. So, you know, but we haven't had the issues that some of the states to the west have had. So we can capitalize on some of these opportunities that I think we see before us. So that's a great thing. And, and you're right. It doesn't happen overnight in terms of if you've got a, a planned methodical breeding program in terms of developing those matings and that gestation and getting that new calf crop on the ground. It's a, it's a two-year process. I mean, from a, a mama cow or becoming one and then, you know, or being born and then raising it up, breeding it, getting a calf. It's a two-year process before you even remotely see any form of return. Well, it's even longer than that because by the time you sell that calf, you got a little bit more into it at that point. So, And, you know, we're so happy about what we've been able to do to help uh, local processors and help our cattle families that maybe are bringing the next generation to the farm and want to capitalize on the genetics they have to sell beef directly to consumers. You know, Ohio's a populous state. So if we've got that opportunity, let's capitalize on it. I know the staff here constantly hears me preach too. As long as we do that, that we satisfy consumer demand wherever it is. You know, if they want to know where the beef comes from, they have the freezer space and they want to buy local, great. But you know, that same beef is just as good and just as tasty on the grill, no matter where you purchase it, even if it's at a retail store. So we want to make sure we're, uh, you know, marketing everything correctly as we uh, think about those opportunities. So Elizabeth, talking about the strength of the the Ohio cattle industry and Ohio cattlemen's, you guys just recently uh, came off of the Ohio Beef Expo, one of your key events for the year. Um, kind of tell us a little bit about that. How was this year as far as numbers and uh, what you guys saw? It was a big one too, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, it was huge. It's just uh, such a great event to see come together. It was our 35th Ohio Beef Expo. 35th, okay. And our numbers were the largest they've ever been all total. 
We set records on the junior show side, nearly a thousand head in our junior show. And that's a great opportunity to see all those. We had actually a total of nine seed stock sales. And then we see a significant number of those heifers that get purchased by young folks actually move over and show that next day. So that's kind of great to see that. And we'll market cattle to 20 to 25 states around us. And, of course, then the Added Plus is a trade show that's the envy of so many events across the Midwest. That trade show was sold out again this year. And it's it's just a great gathering of folks. There's something for everybody, no matter what facet of the industry you're in. And we really take pride in the educational piece, the quality assurance, and the judging contest. That grew by over 100 youth participating this year as well. Oh, wow. Oh, that's amazing. I, I will contest. It was pretty uh, uh, shoulder to shoulder in there on Saturday for well, a while. And, and I think one of the great things that you can get there from, even if you're not a producer, if you just want to learn about the cattle industry, it's just a networking you can get from that event. I mean, like you said, there's really something for pretty much everyone right there. Whatever aspect you want to learn, you can pick up there at the Ohio Beef Expo. Yeah, I mean, there's um, businesses for equipment, um, breeding, feeding. I mean, you name it. You could. It's a one-stop shop in one weekend, and you can pick up your your breeding supplies and the the semen you need to to do what you want to do and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it is. It's literally a, a very neat uh, event, and I've gone to it for several years, and I absolutely love going and. It's, you know, we, I booked the hotel in October on purpose. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, but, a, that's a key event for you there. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it has been uh, a tradition for actually a very long time now. So I'm not going to say quite 35 years because, you know, I'm not <laughs> quite beyond that. At least I don't, hope I'm still not anyways. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's been a long time. And, you know, I took my niece to, through all the shows and all that kind of stuff. So Beef Expo is always the, a major highlight for us. So it's good to hear all the numbers and the, the, the number of participants from the youth side is just, I mean, I think one year they hit 500 and it was like, wow, now to hear almost a thousand head, like that's a bigger wow. It's the last show and, you know, we'll have our, our best participants and their families, but we also have a number of families that maybe aren't able with whatever else they have going on throughout the year to come to some of the sanctioned shows, but they'll always prioritize bringing their steers and heifers to the Beef Expo. And so that's kind of what contributes to that. And we're, mm-hmm. we're glad to have that as well. And, you know, it was really rewarding to bring together some of the folks that really helped create the Expo and recognize them with our 35th anniversary this year. So that was an added yes, plus. I was there for that. That was good to see. And that, I mean, there was a sense of pride when everybody walked into that ring to yep. get announced and, and recognized. That was really neat. It was really neat. That's awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back here on Ag Credit Set It. Somewhere along the way, you fell in love with farming. Then you dreamed you can make a difference by doing what you love. But getting started isn't easy. At Ag Credit, we know the challenges you face in getting your family farm off the ground. That's why our Ag Start loans are designed to help small farms and new farmers when you need it the most. From the beginning, we all start somewhere, start here, with an Ag Start loan from Ag Credit. Contact your local office to get started today. Learn more at agcredit.net. 
All right, guys, we are back with, with Elizabeth Harsh, uh, Executive Director for the Ohio Cattlemen's. And Elizabeth, I know one thing we talked a little bit before and kind of some, I guess, a little more in-depth in our industry. One thing that you guys are very big on for the Ohio Cattlemen's, and I know you've been going to a lot of meetings here lately, and you probably got more on the way, is um, what you're working on as far as, you know, we're looking at from the state and national level with legislation and uh, uh, things we're working on for our industry. You bet, Matt. So we touched on at the state level, largely that state operating budget, but there'll be other issues that we'll be working on as well. We're certainly, especially thinking about talking to you folks um, involved in H2 Ohio and Mm -hmm. all the good things that are happening there. Now that we look at opportunities to even see that program expanded statewide, doing our part as agriculture to make sure that we're good stewards of, you know, all the practices that are put in place there. So a lot of those things are happening at the state level. Just last month, we were in D.C. a couple times, uh, back-to-back weeks, actually, and uh, with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. So OCA is an affiliate of NCBA, and it's a tremendous partnership. We may not agree 100% of the time, but the vast majority of the time, and they really are so effective for the beef industry across the country. And and the industry differs, you know, from one part of the U.S. to the other, so they've got Mm -hmm. to be flexible on that front. But you think about Farm Bill, lots of discussion, depending on, you know, your part of the world in agriculture, whether that's the commodity title or or ever, whatever else that is. We really focus on funding for those risk management programs, disaster assistance programs, and protection from foreign animal disease threats. So thinking about funding for a foot and mouth vaccine bank and so all the other threats that affect some of the other species. Those are so critical in the farm bill. And so we really focus on that as well as conservation programs. That makes a lot of sense to make sure Mm -hmm. that we've got some of those cost shares to make it even uh, more attractive for our producers to be able to do the things that they want to do to be good stewards of the land and the water and everything that they're doing there. So those are our areas in the farm bill. You know, we also have to talk a little bit in terms of what shouldn't be in the farm bill. You know, it's not a marketing title. Uh, Sometimes we also see some misdirected attacks on the checkoff program, all the checkoffs, but right. specifically the beef checkoff. And and that'll usually come from animal rights groups or other groups that just philosophically are opposed. And, you know, that's where we've got to share those numbers I shared earlier mm-hmm. in terms of the value of that. So shifting gears from even uh, the farm bill and those things, a repeal of uh, making a state tax, a repeal of that permanent You know, that's going to expire in 2025, so already there's legislation introduced by Senator Thune that we're working on on that front. And then one unique that uh, is affecting a large part of Ohio, maybe not so much in Northwest Ohio, but that is the damage caused by black vultures. And we see those vultures continuing to migrate throughout the state right. and really affect, you know, they can kill calves, they can kill a cow. It's it's just devastating the predation that they, they can inflict on livestock. And because it's a um, migratory bird, it's been federally protected. 
So you have to have a permit and you have to have all those things. And there's very limited means in being able to control that. Uh, We actually see some legislation introduced both in the House and we're working on the Senate side to be able to allow producers to have a little better control of that, making it a little more efficient for them. So we're working with our members that sat on the House Ag Committee specifically and some others to get involved in that and be co-sponsors. The last time we met, you had actually mentioned something. And, you know, we're both, I mean, you're from Western Ohio, Matt. Mm -hmm. I'm from Northern Ohio. I had no idea that that was even an issue. And then you guys were talking about it at the last time that we sat down and spoke. And I was like, I was kind of blown away that 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 was even, you know, a problem. But I, you know, think about our Southern producers who are, you you know, more remote type producers where the cattle are more out there all the time. Uh, and that kind of thing, I it didn't even occur to me that that was something that was a problem. But you know, obviously, it's a more of a national type thing. Obviously, trying to take care of the legislative legislative uh, <laughs> fixes to help that whole process and in, into controlling it. And I mean, helping to take those steps for our producers is is very important and vital. And the fact that like, I mean, you guys are there to help promote that. It's it's a good thing, really good thing. You know, we um so just in the last several years, have black vultures really invaded the state? I mean, they've been here for longer than right. that, but yeah. the numbers are getting uh, bigger all the time, and the damage is getting larger. So they typically have been around water areas. So you think about the Ohio River, Mm -hmm. you think about those wooded areas. And so they've come from those warmer climates in the South. And so that's why we're seeing them now kind of spread throughout our state. Actually working with some of the the cattlemen in Tennessee, I just had recently had the opportunity to be there and couldn't believe just driving down the road, the black vulture pressure. So, uh, you know, it's happened in other states. and, uh, And when you think about it, we talked to our members, I bet, if we're talking to them and we hear three concerns that they have anytime, it's going to be one of those three. Whenever you're having that conversation. Me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, cause I don't, I, mean, I don't think about that stuff up in Northern Ohio. Uh, but I mean, to hear that it's such a big topic is it's, it's, it's really amazing to hear. So, you know, we've talked about two, uh, some of the animal rights groups that really, um, are kind of pushing their own agenda, I guess you could say, against uh, the industry. Um, you guys, how, how do you approach working or, I guess, trying to educate groups like, like that? I, I mean, do they reach out to you, to you guys as our, our base, our voice for Ohio cattle to understand the concerns, or are they just not wanting to be educated for what we do? You know, I... It's not something we have a lot of opportunity to get engaged directly. You know, they've got an agenda they're going to carry out. We've got to counter that with fact. And that's what we do, certainly on the cattleman's side, when it comes to legislative and regulatory issues. You know, talk about the good work we do from an environmental standpoint, Mm -hmm. the health benefits of beef, you know, all the, the rhetoric you hear, how misguided and misinformed some of that information is. So it's it's more sharing fact. You know, on the checkoff side then, though, you think about that marketing continuum a little bit. So you've got all of us that enjoy beef and probably, you know, raise our own and have it in our freezer. So we probably don't need to spend those checkoff dollars really focused on marketing beef to us. Yeah. Uh, just like we're probably not going to spend a lot of time really focusing on those very entrenched vegans. We're 
going to really focus on that movable middle of mm-hmm. consumers. You know, that, you know, if we can share the health benefits and the ease and preparation and work with influencers to get beef with those younger millennial families and, and other groups that we uh, really focus on on a more regular basis, that's really where we'll focus. And um, we'll just share the facts on the other front. That's that's awesome. And as a producer, I can say, and I think I speak for a lot of producers, that if if there is somebody out there listening, especially this podcast, that you know has questions, does not understand what we do, go introduce yourself to a cattleman. Go introduce yourself to a grain farmer. We'll be more than happy to show you what we do and the care that our animals get, um, you know, while they're with us. That's, I think that's one thing that I feel we, we can't push enough in our industry is come out and talk to us. We're, we're more than happy to talk to anybody and promote our business. It, it's, 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 it's a business, but it's not a business. It's a livelihood. It's, it's, it's our, you know, it's generation upon generation of good stewards of the land and animals and just promoting that, the good habits that we have out there. I mean, we know as anything, if you don't take care of something, it's not going to produce for you. Well, we, we take very good care of our cattle. I mean, it's, it's not the, I want to say the horror stories that get pushed out in the YouTube videos and stuff. That I'm not even sure how they even find these things. Cause I know that's not our industry, but you know, just go out there and talk to your producers. So well said. And, you know, again, those tools on the checkoff side, and I want to make sure, you know, we talk, we're mm-hmm. here talking about yes. cattlemen, but it's all one industry. So the checkoff really be, it enables us, I'm trying to say, I guess, uh, to be able to tell that story. And one of the effective ways we've done that is with an Ohio Stories video series that we kind of update each year. And that's about putting a face to the industry. You know, how we're more alike and different with consumers out there, you know, the same family pressures and time crunch and all those kind of things. But, you know, cattle come first 24 seven, you know, yes. we're going to make sure they're, they're fed and cared for. And that affects whether or not we take vacations and, you know, Christmas day, and we all can think about, you know, some what, of those what's weather a, what's challenges. What's a vacation some days, right? <laughs> Who do exactly. I have lined up to feed for me while I'm <laughs> right. gone, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and people need to remember that, you know, all of us that do this, we would love doing it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. And, I mean, we get excited every single time a calf is born. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. You could probably have 100 out there, and it's like, oh, look, every what's time, going on? Yep. And you want to see what's going on. And um, it's just neat to see the new life and all that. And I think there's so much misconception out there as to what goes on. And like Matt said, call and ask. Like, pull in and see, like, hey, what are you guys doing? Or whatever. I mean, I have no problem showing anybody what I do. I know, like I don't, Matt, you I just don't, said, I don't think there's a producer out there in our industry that no, wouldn't be that would, yeah. happy to talk about their business and promote what we do. Correct, and that's good to good to know, you know, and and to have, um, you know, the ability to express that, I guess. And here's one way of that we're doing it right here, sitting right here doing it, right? So to kind of take it one step further, Elizabeth, I know kind of looking forward to the rest of the year, what programs and what do we have coming up uh, for our high cattlemen, especially our younger producers that uh, we can attend and you know, really learn learn some things? Well, summer's busy. It's busy on all fronts. And uh, of course, we're getting ready for the Ohio State Fair 
there's kind of a two-pronged approach. We've got a great beef promotion opportunity. We'll do a lot of consumer education and interaction efforts there during the fair. But we've also got two food stands that, through the help of our volunteers, we promote beef uh, through the Ohio Cattlemen's Association. And we sponsor a lot of different events. So that'll, it may be 12 days, but there's a lot of preparation that goes in before that. And um, we're proud to be part of that. Shifting gears right after that is August is an extremely busy month. Just seems like that's when we need to get those things scheduled. We have our Young Cattlemen's Conference. So that is our Young Adult Leadership Program. We've patterned it off of one that NCBA does. And it's really great. Two and a half days, young adults, couples, if it works out, individuals, and really expose them beyond the farm. So going to the state house and hearing from some of our friends in the legislature that are advocates for the beef industry, where we have share kind of common goals and philosophies, Mm -hmm. if you will, but also taking them to Ohio State University. You know, some of them never have had the opportunity perhaps to even see a carcass hanging on a rail. So exposing them to some basic meat science, visiting with our marketing partners, and even doing some spokesperson training. So it's back to telling that story. Right. You know, just getting producers comfortable with being able to share their story. It's nothing... uh, magical. It's just, you know, how you tell that story. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt and I are both looking forward to that event because we're actually both attending that event. Yes. His, Matt is bringing his wife with him and, and myself. And so we're, I mean, we're excited to hear, you yeah. know, the old meat lab is my stomping ground <laughs> at Ohio State. So I uh, spent many, many hours in there, um, did my internship in there actually. <laughs> so uh, it is such a fun event to do. And uh, they still let me come. I'm not sure I still fit the description, but we said we don't look at anybody's <laughs> I don't know if I license. fit the description either. You know, when you start to get a four in the front, it's probably not. <laughs> the, the, the young part kind of doesn't, uh, you don't fall into that category so much anymore, but I'll gladly. Anytime I can learn something new, I gladly show up for it, you know. Well, we're looking forward to having all of you folks attend. And then we turn the the page right after that, and we have our Cattlemen's Gala. That's through our Cattlemen's Foundation. Okay. That's our public charity. It's actually the same board, different officers, but it is our 501c3 public charity. So that is where we can do some leadership development, uh, some educational things. Uh, 509, technically, that we do with Ohio State with uh, the meat science folks is funded through the the foundation. We also have our beef license plates, but one of the big ones is the Cattlemen's Gala. That is Saturday, August the 26th, and that's become an annual event, just a a fun night for a great cause, and that's about raising funds for scholarships for our industry youth. So it'll be at the Delaware County Fairgrounds uh, for the second year in a row. Live music, Great food, great beef, of course. Silent auction, live auction. And you know, the the most, um, I guess, confused point of that is we call it the gala. I think we maybe need a new name sometimes because it's not stuffy. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) To my mind, I got to put on my my suit and tie. Absolutely not. And And it's not fancy. It's boots and jeans and having a good time. So. It's our version of a gala. And, you, and Elizabeth, uh, for anybody that wants more information on any of these events, uh, what's the best way to, to find out this stuff? Well, all that information will always be available on our website at ohiocattle.org.org, or they can call the office anytime here, and uh, we can help them if they don't have access to the, the website. Perfect. And we will put those links in our show notes uh, when we do uh, uh, put this podcast out. 
Now you mentioned um, right there with that event that it's raising money for the scholarships. Now in the past, you guys have given out quite a bit of money as far as scholarships go. Um, I mean, it's upward of $25,000, right? That's correct. Uh, so a large part of those scholarships do come from the, uh, the money that's raised from the Cattlemen's Gala. And we present them at our annual meeting then in January after the scholarship applications are due October 31st usually. And then by the time it goes through the selection committee. But it was about 25000 We do all of them but two during our annual meeting. Then the other two happen at the Beef Expo okay. in March. The other contributor to the, the scholarships is the beef license plates that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, anybody listening that uh, has a young person that's involved in the industry, you know, even if it's a, a grandchild or whatever, I really encourage you to consider that because that specialty plate is just $25 additional each year that you pay for that. But 15 of that 25 comes directly to our foundation that okay. then we use either for scholarships or for programs like our Young Cattlemen's Leadership Development Program. Excellent. Well, Elizabeth, we want to thank you for joining us, giving us a great, uh, a lot of great information, again, about Ohio Cattlemen's. And, um, you know, if, like, like Matt said, you, you can find all of the information on our show notes, and you mentioned the website. That'll be there as well. Uh, we want and, to- and don't forget, uh, everybody out there listening, our producers, uh, any questions, um, on increasing your herd as far as on the financing side. Always remember, um, give your local ag credit office a call and we can help you with cattle lines, operating expenses, um, uh, new building construction, land purchase, equipment. Uh, Be sure to call your local office and uh, talk to account officer today and we can definitely get you set up. Yes, and once again, thank you for joining us and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.